Yeah, his sins have not been paid for. You won't do it again. So what about the one you did before? Who go pay? Stopping your evil ways does not forgive you of yesterday's own. Don't misread the scriptures at all. When God said, if it discontinues, I will forgive, what it means, go and check it. For that, he gave them sin offering, trespass offerings. They were given those things. That's what covered the sins until Jesus will come back. So, if you are preaching to somebody, say, just change your ways. Change your way, you'll still die. That's why they must believe. Why? Because by faith, the previous sins are now wiped by the powerful blood of Jesus. That's why you cannot say to him, go and sin no more. If he goes and does not sin anymore, the one he did before is waiting. It has to be paid for. Jesus has to wash it away. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. We must understand it, but our emphasis for today is that he says, I have washed it. If you believe Paul said, I need to read it again. He said, yet now, let me start from verse 21. He said, you were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his body, past tense. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy. And blameless. Somebody say, I am holy. I am holy. And, blameless. and blameless. I stand before him so. This is how you are standing before him. One last thing. I have no fault. Say it now. Are you afraid? I have no fault. There's no fault with you. Everything has been covered by the, and washed by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> but now remember. We must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. He said, don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. That is a good news. That you can tell that girl that we're talking about earlier, that these five years can be wiped away like they never happened. That's good news. That's good news. That they can be wiped away like they never happened. That is good news. <laughs> I say people don't understand Christ. So that's what the problem we have. May we understand him. <laughs> he said, don't drift away from the assurance that you received when you first said the good news. The good news, he says, has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now, please, I, want to, no, I, I wanted to read some things. I've taken a bit of time. Let me just continue reading. I want to stop in verse 23. Okay, yeah, that's it. That verse 23, that's what I just read. Then John, quickly, I want to read another one again because there's something I want to bring out today. Just one thought and then other ones. I've not even reached that one at all. Chapter 2, let's quickly just go read about um, 14 verses there. Chapter 2 from verse 6. Let me just go from verse 4. Let's back up a bit. Paul said, I've been doing all of this. I've been preaching to people, encouraging them. I'm telling you this verse 4 so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you. Now look at verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Because many things in life will try to push you away. And let your lives be built on him, not on your own works, not on your own sense. 
Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, please notice verse five, verse eight. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of God. For, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete through union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, he says, you were circumcised. Sorry. But not by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. Now, circumcision under the old covenant was a sign of initiation into the covenant. Are you getting my point? And was also a type of putting away of the old to bring in the new. So it was saying that Christ performed that uh, that thing on you, cutting away your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Now, I say you were dead. Now, the number of us I want to bring out here. You were dead, that's previous times, because of your sins and because of your sinful nature, which was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all your sins. Past tense. If you are alive, say amen. amen. If you have been forgiven, say amen. amen. He said he canceled the record of the charges against you, against us. And took it away by nailing it to the cross. We discussed it last time. I'm not going to go over it again. Now what I want to bring out here is um, there, there, there are a few words. I'm reading this again so I can bring out. Alright? Uh, I want to stop that in verse 19 but it's, it's rather long. Okay, let me just read verse 16. So it says, verse 14 says he canceled the record of the charges, took it away, nailed to his cross, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers. We explained that last time. Satan cannot do anything against you except he has charges against you. It is sin that he uses to get judgment against us. But now we are covered by that blood of Jesus. The Bible says that he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That's how he forgave. Forgiveness is the issue. Now let me just say something quickly. Can I digress? I was saying it earlier. I was listening to David Paulson teach and he said something. I never heard it until he said it. But it's so true. He said, there's no other religion on this earth that offers forgiveness. None. There's none. I, mean, I said earlier, there's none. Go and think about it. The offer works by which you do something. Some do something, they just deny sin entirely. Like, there's no sin. But none ever acknowledges the reality of sin and offers forgiveness at the same time. There's not one. They, not even any pretense. <laughs> like I said, that's a digression. You know why they don't? Forgiveness is expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive. They can't even deceive themselves into it. It's expensive. And they did not have a Jesus that died for them. The only reason why Christianity offers forgiveness is because somebody paid for the sins. That's the only reason. <laughs> In verse 16, it says, for that reason, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holidays or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. <laughs> for these rules, he says, are only a shadow of the reality yet to come. That when they had the rules, it was a shadow. I mean, verse 17. 
He said, Christ himself is that reality. I don't know whether you get the point. Okay. You, know, when I, you know, I told you that when my wife first got to know me, she used to wonder that you're a strange Christian. That I was a pastor on top of that, a teacher of the word was even worse, that you're a strange preacher. Then she bought a book, Final Quest by Rick Joyner, and she was, she believed many of the things she read in the books. I said, hey, this thing, you said it, or you said it, or I said, look at you. You've heard it from the prophet now. It is dramatic to you. I said, these things are in the Bible. <laughs> I used to say things like, look, whether you are fasting or not, God will hear you if he wants to hear you. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know when I say Christians still like, are you sure? So it ever crossed your mind that the quantity of food in your stomach affects the spirituality? <laughs> People are funny. You know, there are things that they didn't know that Christians could accept. There are those who say that as a Christian, on Sunday morning, you must be in church. Now, church is good. But, I hope you know Sunday is not spiritual. It's just a regular public holiday, which they don't have in China. There's nothing spiritual about Sunday. I hope you know that. That is why, January 1st in my life, I have been in different places. Observance of those days, all those festivals... You know what he was saying? It was because they had sins to pay for. It was because they were trying to achieve a kind of spirituality, a kind of union with God, which has been achieved in Christ, which makes them unnecessary. I hope you know, there's only one thing Jesus ever commanded his followers to do. Only one ordinance he ever commanded. Just one. What is that one? That's the breaking of bread, communion. His birthday is an imagination. In fact, <laughs> one man of God said that he asked God once, what do you think about it? He said, God hates Christmas. He said, Jesus dislikes the idea of him being presented as a baby. That is annoying to him. <laughs> he said that the Lord... That, in fact, he's a leading, you know, people say that, let's make sure Christ is not removed from Christmas. This man, David Paulson, he led a campaign that Christ must be removed from Christmas. That's an insult to Christ. Last year, in, it was in Oxford, somewhere in the UK anyway, they finally removed Christmas entirely. They changed the name. It's now called Winter Festival of Lights. This interesting part, that was the original, that was the original name. It was never a Christian festival. The apostle said, Jesus hates that. He asked him, what do you think of this? He said, Jesus, you, what do you, will you like it? They're carrying like a baby. <laughs> Believe me, the only thing he ever commanded, do this in remembrance of me. Oh, we celebrate Christmas. He never, of course, I don't need to tell you that Easter is not a Christian holiday. It's a good public holiday. It's public. Muslims have a right to it. Hindus have a right to it. Originally, it was not a Christian holiday. Jesus did not die on Friday. Neither did he rise up on Sunday. These are facts. Not everybody knows. Anybody who bothers to read the scriptures, they know. It's Friday to Sunday is two days and two nights. And Jesus had to be in the grave for three days and three nights. 
Now, what am I talking about? Am I saying that we are going to start fighting Easter and Christmas? No! I'm just saying that observance of it is not Christianity. If you like, you don't observe it. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you, don't even think anything spiritual about it. It's a nice public holiday. It's a let, let, don't let anyone condemn you in food. This is clean food, unclean food. I had a friend on campus who used to check the clean, that is, who used the Bible. They, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. In their church, they follow to the letter the rules of clean and unclean meat. So the fish that most of us ate, this frozen fish that he didn't used to eat. Because the Bible, for the Jews, they had the kind of fish they could eat. Paul said, don't let anybody bother your soul. Those things have disappeared in Christ. That's what he was saying. He said, for these rules are only shadows of the reality. That is what we need to know is what they were shadowing in Christ and go for that thing in Christ. For example, the law of Sabbath. Paul said here, let nobody condemn you concerning Sabbath. That is, he was telling the church, keeping the Sabbath day holy is not a Christian commandment the way Jesus used to read it. You can't do any work on a Sabbath day. You know, Christians are even very funny. On Sunday, they say you can't do anything, but Sunday is not even Sabbath day. The Sabbath is supposed to be the last day of the week, which is Saturday. It's 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's the original Sabbath. But Paul was saying here, don't worry about it. And like I told you before, Jews had two kinds of Sabbaths. The regular Sabbath and the high Sabbath. So all of them, they don't, they don't bother you. But he said, they were shadows. What does that tell you? There is something they were typing. So what, what is he saying in effect? Look for that thing and understand it. For example, for me, if you go and read Isaiah chapter 58, it describes the principle of rest there. Those who observe the Sabbaths of God. There's a principle of rest concerning Sabbaths. I'll give you a very good, simple example. For example, the, law, well, the principle I teach about giving is part of Sabbath. You know what Sabbath means? Allow God to work. It does not depend on you. Listen, if you don't put off your phone at night because your clients might call, you are breaking the laws, the principle of Sabbath. The principle of Sabbath says it is not every business that's your business. There are businesses that come. Is they like what you are doing, so let, let that one, let it go to somebody else. That's the principle of Sabbath. The principle of Sabbath, they, they were shadowing something. He gives to his beloved even while he sleeps. That's the principle of Sabbath. We can't go into, into it on, in details now. But there's a principle in all of those things. And those are the things we go after. Not treating ceremonies and, you know, and days as if they are the path to destiny. I always like to knock this one small. People tell that 10% of your income belongs to God. If you take from it, you have stolen from him. That is not the law of God. It most certainly is not. But there's a principle behind it. There's a principle behind it. What is the principle? Generosity. One. Two. Honor for ministers of the gospel. Three. Love for the poor. Those are the three things. Any other one? Remembering to celebrate the goodness of God. Yes, those are the three principles. Those are the number of principles. Because when God was giving it to Israel, the most well-known tithe in Israel was party tithe. What did I call it? Party. That is, 
If at the end of the year you check everything you have made, two million naira, God says you take two hundred thousand naira and blow it in one week of parting. You will buy food. No, no. <laughs> okay, Muti, you will never notice that one when he wants to preach that thing. <laughs> Not him, I'm just teasing him. People will say you tithe like Melchizedek, Abraham. I said, Abraham's title to Melchizedek was never commanded, and it was not regular. It was never given to any place. It was given to a person. So if you want to title of Melchizedek, I'm waiting here. <laughs> no, people don't know. No, you see, you take the title of Abraham to Melchizedek, and then you say that means it was before the law. When you want to practice, you will practice like the one under the law. Melchizedek's tithe from Abraham was spontaneous. It was not planned. They were going on the way, they stumbled into a man, and they gave it to him. Moses' tithe, no. You plan it. You take it, and you go to a place and drop it. The one church do, we do in church these days is Moses' type, not Abraham's type. Abraham's type was, wow, we can't let this man pass and not give him anything. It was given to a person. But again, don't forget, the 10% was not spiritual. It was the common, it was the law of the time. It was their taxing system. It was the, like if I go to my in-laws place and I want to present the wine, I'm not allowed to present it without putting something. You present wine, you present cola, then you must wedge the cola, lest it falls and roll something to the ground and get desecrated. Are <laughs> you getting my point here? <laughs> now, but now, we want to not con- I've heard people say it. If you don't tithe, you go to hell. Paul said, don't let anybody condemn you. But like I said, there is a principle behind tithing. Learn the principle and stick with it. What are the principles? One, honor God. Be generous. Love the word of God. Love the minister of the gospel. Give to the poor and give to yourself. Give to yourself. Once it gets to it, give to yourself. You have wife, give to your wife. Occasionally in life, God commands that you waste money as a sign that you don't love it. Oh, I'm telling you. That you just go out and just carry your friends in the neighborhood. Come, let's go. They pay salary yesterday. Just come. Where are we go? I'm going to the mall. Just in our food court. Eat anything. The guy said, you know, I know they go in that church. Me, I they drink good. I say, collect one. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, go and read, go and read your Bible. But everybody is finished. And that day, you say, what are you doing? That? You say, what, what's going to say? I'm just feeling happy. You can say, rest day, just for illustration purposes, assuming it was 20,000 naira, all right? Just to illustrate, all right? And that day, you blow 10. It's not an everyday thing. There are days you're supposed to do it. When you finish doing it, you say, what, somebody, why do you do that? Say money can't rule over us. Every time we are planning, 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 planning. Rubbish. This month we are not planning. Ah. No, that <laughs> the Lord is good. No, look, I believe oh God, listen. When you understand Christianity, if you understand Christianity, oh body will put you under pressure. So if we go to the church, ah, where's my sister? Is she around? No, oh, she's not there around. I'll, 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 I'll apologize to her later. 
I wanted to take permission from her before I use her to preach, but she's not there here, so I'll use her to preach, and I'll tell her later. This is my sister came one day, told me, say, just after hearing me preach, say, Pastor, please explain something to me. Say, I worked for one year as a copper. I gave out every copper I was paid. That hunger won't destroy us. <laughs> I said, why did you do that? That's where I'm going. She said, that was what I was told is a way to break through. Everything I was paid. I said to her, my dear sister, that is why God brought me into your life. God looked at Timothy, uh, to Cornelius. He said, Cornelius, you won't go to heaven like this. Same for Peter. <laughs> no, some people now say that you see Cornelius, you know. True, they were seeing the offering in heaven. I said, this boy will still go to hell. <laughs> so what do we do? Say, send for Peter. That he will tell you words by which you will be saved. You and your household. What does that say? They were not saved. They had given, they had worked, they were not saved. It's a better sign for Peter. Emergency. It's everything as memorial. We've seen it in heaven. It's always talking about the heart you have. So I told my sister that day, I said, that's why God sent me into your life. You know, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, Jesus said that a man came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? To gain eternal life. He said, all of these things I have kept since my youth. The Bible says Jesus loved him. That was the day I understood what the Bible was saying. I looked at the young woman and my heart melted. They're trying to serve God. <laughs> In Christianity, let me tell you the truth. I eat my money if I want to eat it. I pray you get my point. I give it if I want to give it. It's my money. 10% does not belong to God at all. God shouldn't even just go near it. <laughs> Get me clear. He owes me. Totally, completely, fully, wholly. If I'm eating food, it's as unto the Lord. That's why I thank him. I thank the Father, I thank you. Because with your money, I bought this food. No, that's, that's Christianity. Listen, it's for us to discover what we are in Christ and what Christ says we should live, how he says we should live. That's what it is. <laughs> he said, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink and for not celebrating certain holidays or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Those were brought to them mostly by the Jews. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. Let me stop here before I read the last part of chapter 9, verse 19. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial. You need to go on a five-day drive fast before you can be ordained a minister. Find another church. 
says, make me laugh. I tell you the truth. I don't believe. No, no, I can talk. Because like I always say, I did not write application to you that please, that shall come for my Bible study. You woke up by yourself. You found your, this in fact to make it worse. Like Sister Vita will complain and complain, complain. The living is too high. She still keeps coming. <laughs> what does that tell you? Now she won't come. <laughs> what am I going to say? I can say what I want to say. Nothing will happen. I don't believe in hunger fasts. I think it's not Christianity. It's religion we have stuck with, we have refused to drop. Others that we are going on the five days fast, no problem. Five days fast, you know I believe in it. Israel was supposed to be 21 days at the time. We didn't do it. We'll still do it one day. But what is our 21 days fast? In the morning, we'll have scriptures you will declare for one hour before you go out. We'll have books and tapes, CDs that we have disagreed with, we'll all go through that day. Then the evening, we'll come here, share the word of God for 15 minutes, and declare God's word for one hour. That's a day's fast. If you like it for a year before coming, that's your problem. It, listen, no, no, really. It, it doesn't concern me. Just make sure you don't feel sleepy. If your stomach is the type that can hold Pandaya without feeling sleepy, please eat it. Once you act, you will be clear. Listen, must, all this pious self-denial, not Christianity. We do, think, we do things that are decent. And we do things for a purpose. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. A real Christian fast, I don't want to talk about it now. Real Christian fast means I take time out to focus on God's word and to pray. In which case, food will often constitute a distraction. We can't say we are focusing here and then say, okay, okay, please. Like, like you know, I, I was somewhere preaching. They began to sell coke. You know what I'm talking about? I told them, nobody sells food while I'm talking. I can walk away from a pulpit if you try it. Maybe they do like a dinner and a time for the word. I have a rule. One, if you want to sell food before I preach, you have a dinner, your word is coming. I suppose you want to preach. I don't like the idea, but let's assume I come to do it. All right? One, you don't serve while I'm talking. If you serve before you invited me, then everybody must finish eating. No, I don't want to hear clink, 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 clink while I'm talking. No. I've seen food kill anointing before. Just murder the anointing. It was my fellowship many years ago. Look up. They said the woman serving us food wants to go home. So we left a hot praise and worship session to go and eat. By the time we came back, the Holy Spirit has gone home. <laughs> Holy Spirit was not there again. And guess who was supposed to preach for that night? Of course, you, there's only one person you know there. Not me. They said I was one that would preach. Ah! I see bread and they dose upon the yam as opposed to preach. <laughs> I look like this. So they said, should they serve me? I said, I'm the one preaching. What is, no, that day I was like, what's wrong with these people? Can't you see that I'm the one preaching? They said, the person who wants to, who's serving, we, we confronted, we, we, no, we had a cook and they said, no, we, no, what I'm going to say, we paid somebody that she wants to go. And our meeting was dragging to the night. So brethren left to go and eat. And that night, the menu was upon the yam. They now finished return for the meeting and said, I should preach. And they gave me the microphone. I said, brethren, you guys have destroyed this anointing. So let's first tackle your pandadiam. I made everybody get up. Start declaring words. Move, greet your neighbor. Just trying to get it into digest. 
That is the only problem that food is. Because you can get weighed down. If I say this, it will surprise some people. But it's the word of God. It's the truth. If you want to pray, just like food can weigh you down, hunger can also distract you. None of them helps you with the prayer. So you have to be sure, that you, be sure you are not distracted. If by the time you want to start praying, you hear... Grr! You know those kind of things that your stomach will travel from here to this side? Then the top will tighten small. My brethren, just get up. Go outside. Get five naira, you know, ten naira or king biscuits. Collect it with a cup of uh, you know water or juice or something. Chop the biscuit, drink it, and rebuke that devil. <laughs> that will not weigh you down. That will help you concentrate. Are we now? The Lord is good. <laughs> he said, "Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial and worship of angels." Or worship of pastors. Because a lot of us, some of our religions, we have St. Michael's, St. Anthony. (laughs) Please leave those things aside. Jesus can hear you directly. I hope you get my point. Mm -hmm. Remember there's one song in Europe. How many people speak Europe here? You know, if you go go select your your CNS. Holy Michael... Waluda, you know that song. Uh-huh. That one, those are devilish songs. Though. Oh, they are demonic songs. You be praying to Saint Michael to come and use his sword. How do they sing the song again? Uh-huh. You know what it means? Only Michael said, "Come and use yours." You know, Michael is a warring angel. You don't talk to Michael. Are you getting my point? Doesn't listen to you. You pray to God, to Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you declare God's word, and they hearken to the voice of his word. As what You can't send angels about, Holy Michael, come, come and use your sword. Please, oh, away with foolishness. The Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And of course, please, don't pray in the name of the God of your commission. The God of your papa. Please, let's wake up. Eh? You won't go to hell if you do it, but it's not good. Just use the name that God, that the Bible used for him. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He don't do. That is enough. Is it not enough? Why do you want to dilute this thing? God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. That is the one he said you should use. If you, look, listen, you can get something. Read throughout the New Testament. You don't find God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. You don't find it. You don't. You find it in the Old Testament, that's under the law and the prophets. But once you step into Christ, that's the end of it. They don't use God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob to describe him. Not one time. It's always God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please don't pollute it. Thank God for your papa's life. Are you getting my point? But leave him. Leave him like that. Let's continue with it, please. <laughs> we have to close. He said, Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial and worship of angels, seeing that they have had visions about these things. When women go to hellfire and see women that have attachment and jewelry there, 
Don't believe them. That's what the Bible says. Was it last year or two years ago? All the women in town, oh, hairdressers, that and they suffered. <laughs> Those selling hair and, and, and what they call them, extensions, they suffered. Because all the women in town said that if you do, you go to hellfire. Because some people dreamt or they had visions. That was why I wrote the tracts. Please, I won't go over it now because I wrote the tract on the title, Who is Going to Hell? People even counsel people and say, just in case. The Bible says that is a sin itself. Whatever is done not out of faith is what? Is sin. Once you are doing just in case, you, you are just going to hellfire quicker. So we saw the women because they were that. The one I, the one I when they got to heaven, they saw the demons drive, <laughs> dancing like Michael Jackson. <laughs> they were doing backsliding. How many will be kind up and down? Paul said, don't let anyone condemn you. Because he claimed to have seen visions. He said their sinful minds have been made proud. That's what the problem is. And they are not connected to Christ. For he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments. And it grows as God nourishes it. This is a fact. You have died with Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So do not, why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Says such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem, now please listen to this. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. They seem wise. When a man tells that I'm anointed that I used to go on 40 days fast, it seems holy and spiritual. When they tell you, look, for God to answer you now, you are going to go on a five days fast, it seems wise. They say, listen, you do, listen people tell you that, Paul said, I put my body under. So if you can put your body under not to eat, you'll be able to put, put your body under not to commit adultery. It's a lie. Fat lie. Paul said, listen, they seem wise. Why? Because they require strong devotion. Once my wife and I watched TV, she was laughing that day. I said, baby, don't laugh. It's not funny. But when you see why she was laughing, you laugh too. Until I tell you not to laugh because it's not funny. Because men trying to achieve spirituality, Christians think they know how to do it. Listen, you don't know Jack. You don't know Jack. There was a man, he kept his hand up for 12 years, did not drop it. Pious, it requires strong devotion and pious self-denial. Once for 12 years, he will not lie down. His legs were swollen. Swollen until they burst and they became wounds. He did not lie down. Men, we walk naked for 12 years. Remember that one? To prove where he had reached, they tied a rope to his genitals and he was dragging a car with it. We're watching it on TV. When I was laughing, he said, Kolo. <laughs> I don't know. I told him, I said, baby, it's not funny. These are things that people do in try to achieve spirituality, in try to reach out to God. Believe me, all this, your hunger for 30 days, that's exactly where it belongs. Precisely where it belongs. Listen, let me prove it to you. 
There's nowhere in the Bible anybody did it. Nowhere. I know you're, you're ready to argue with me. And you should know I'm ready for you too. Only three people went without food for 40 days. First one, let's start chronologically. Moses. The Bible says he was in the presence of God. When you are there, let me tell you about the presence of God. Light is in his presence. You don't need sun when you're in his presence. Photosynthesis will empower you. That is, the light from God will convert your body to glucose. <laughs> when you're in his presence, you don't need anything. You can't call it. When you're in your bedroom, you need everything. When you're in church, you need everything. <laughs> when you go in his presence, you don't need anything. Number two, Elijah. Before that, an angel came to him, fed him angel's food. He said, eat. The man ate, slept. He said, no, wake up. Eat, for the journey is long. The Bible says he went in the strength of that food for 40 days. He did not eat your ordinary bread and fish. No. He ate what we call a slow-release substance. It's like concentrated opera. <laughs> the third one, our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, afterward, he became hungry. For 40 days, he was not hungry. He had the same experience that Moses had on the mountain. Then when that experience ended, suddenly, the flesh returned, and he became hungry. And Satan said, good. Time to help use it, this thing. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, sir. Except you can do those things. You have those experience. Don't bother. Nobody went 40 days in the strength of his determination. Not one person. So forget it. People say that eh, if you go for 100 days, God will give you breakthrough. Listen, it's a lie. God has never given breakthrough to hungry people. It's true. And read your Bible well. It's when you have sinned and you are repenting in the old covenant. But now I say, confess your sins. The Lord is good. Listen. These rules, he says, may seem wise because, of, because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But this is a fact. They provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. They, don't provide, they provide no help. Oh God, we're still reading, but we have to stop because of time. I'll just continue from that point. What I wanted to get to today, I didn't get into it at all, but I believe we're blessed anyway. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about centuries past and that centuries and generations past, which we, 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 that we read it in that uh, 1 to 26. I wanted to just get there, but this thing just, it, it got good. I was, you know, it was getting sweet. So we have to continue. Don't obstruct the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. But I'll come back to it next time. We'll read it again. When we explain the fact that, listen, I just want to bring out some words. About centuries past, generations past. I want to explain what that means. So I will relate to life based on that. I want also to explain what it means to be dead. When he say we're dead and we're alive in Christ. We need to explain that. When somebody's dead, he's telling people who are alive that they were dead, but they are now alive. Uh, what does it mean? Were they ever physically dead? No. Let's talk about death. Spiritual death, so that we can understand what we are reading in our scriptures. When I say we have been made alive, uh, it's an issue, which we have to understand. But let's leave it here. Let's leave it here, so that we can continue next time. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good.
If you're in God's kingdom, give me an amen. amen. Let's rise to our feet. Let us close. It's our school of Bible exegesis. That's why we're reading the scriptures line by line, trying to understand what, like I said, it's about doctrine. We're looking at doctrine. But let's just give the Lord and let's go home. Let's give the Lord. Say, Father, thank you for your word today. Say, Lord, thank you because I've been set free to serve you. That's what I want us to thank him for. Say, Lord, I've been set free not to do live anyhow. Because sometimes when you talk like people don't understand. It is so we can serve God with a free heart. So we can serve him. That's what it is. Say, Lord, I thank you. I've been set free to serve you. I can serve you with a free heart. I can do things because you provoke me to want to do them. Not because I'm afraid of you. Not because I'm afraid of what you will do. Not because I'm afraid that I will be poor if I don't give all the money I have. Not because I'm afraid of a devourer, so I will be, I'll carry calculator around. No. Not because I'm afraid you won't answer me so I don't eat when I'm hungry. Say, Lord, thank you because my answers are in Christ. Thank him, thank him. Say, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Because totally you have set me free and in Christ you have blessed me. Thank you because you washed me clean. Remember that girl I talked about on the roadside? Yes. Just imagine what the blood of Jesus can do. Say, Lord, thank you. You've done it for me too. <laughs> people may not think I was that bad, but there are other aspects of life. God looks at people's hearts. And he says, all of you are deserving of death. Every single one of you. But God in his rich mercies, his love, he looked at you, he looked at me, and said, you will not die. He said, leave. And we, it cost us to believe in Christ Jesus. We yielded to him. And now we are of faith and we are forgiven. Say, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Forgiveness is expensive. That's why Muslims can't offer it. That's why Buddhists can't offer it. That's why Hindus can't offer it. Say, Lord, thank you for the forgiveness that I have in Christ Jesus. Let's just give him thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Our Father, we thank you. Your name is forever exalted. Thank you for freedom in Christ. Lord, we will stand in the truth. Yes, we will stand in it. Yes, it's the truth. We will stand in it. We will not shake our confidence. We are free. I say, we are free. Amen. You are free. Amen. We are free. Amen. We are free to serve. Amen. We are free from sin. Amen. Listen, you have been forgiven of those sins. Amen. And you have been empowered not to sin anymore. Amen. That power is yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace to walk in righteousness, that's your portion. Amen. You have been set free. You have been made righteous. Now you can live righteously. Amen. You will go and you will live righteously. Amen. You will go and you will sin no more. Amen. Because that is the power of Christ working in you. Amen. Our Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen.